Contented Media presents Dr. Bitcoin, the man who wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto, an original podcast series with Mark Hunter and Arthur Van Pelt. Hello and welcome to a surprise bonus episode of Dr. Bitcoin, the man who wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto. Now, as those of you that have listened to our previous five episodes will know, we hadn't planned to do anything on the podcast until uh, Craig Wright finished his testimony next Tuesday. But as those that have followed this trial this week will know, there has been so much to digest, discuss and debate Uh, since Craig Wright has been on the stand, that we simply couldn't have done it justice covering the whole lot in one episode. So Arthur and I thought we'd jump on a podcast tonight to cover what we've seen so far and hopefully try and get a little bit of analysis in there before Friday starts and we have a whole lot of other stuff to cover as well. So Arthur, thank you for joining me at such late notice. Um, This is going to be totally off script. We're just going to try and cover the points that we've, we've seen so far in the trial. But overall, how have you found experiencing Craig Wright on the stand over these past uh, four days, uh, three days it should be, sorry, um, after all the build-up, three years worth of build-up to this point, how have you found it? Ooh, good question. I have hmm. uh, followed quite uh, quite a few parts of, uh, of 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 it, of course, because I uh, I was rather early with a video link, <laughs> somehow <laughs> I got lucky uh, with an. Um, I'm into a room Zoom uh, from from a Zoom room. From Zoom room, yeah, that's how it's called probably <laughs> from uh, from the from the organization themselves. And when I uh, open up the list of people in that room. It are all the lawyers, it are the witnesses, uh, it are, for example, uh, Dustin Trammell, Ira Klein. And I see a lot of people that were like, whoa, why did they put me in that room? Well, not that I'm talk- <laughs> talking with them. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, the honor of uh, being into a Zoom room together, watching uh, the same thing. And what I mm-hmm. understood so far is that... Um, uh, uh, I'm lucky that I have a an, an screen from, from Zoom with more... Um, yeah, more features than the average uh, screen that they give, uh, that they make a, made available for um, the rest of the people uh, watching. And today we understood that uh, already 650. Mm. To, uh, I think that's quite a lot. But yeah, yeah, this is of, this is of course an, an, an high-profile uh, case. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. What do I think so far? What I've seen, uh, I'm, there are a few things that mildly surprise me. Overall, I'm not super duper surprised, and I will tell you why. Um, of course, I have been uh, uh, closely watching uh, the McCormick case. I've been closely watching the Kleiman case. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen uh, recordings. I've listened in. I've read transcripts, and mm-hmm. you see Craig Wright doing the same trick over and over again. And Copa is not anything different, so it, it, it's a bit predictable, so to say. Mm-hmm. So. We're not going to be able to go into detail on the last uh, three days of testimony for obvious reasons. But what we're just going, what we're going to do is just go through um, our general impressions of how Craig is handling himself and the way he is defending himself. And we'll also pick out a few of our sort of top uh, right. top conundrums he's 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 worked his way into. So what what I'll do, I'll, I'll start off 
if we can cast our minds back to the opening statements, there's so much build up to these these opening statements. And as far as I'm concerned, the Copa one didn't disappoint. Um, the, 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 the barrister, Mr. Hoff, went straight for the jugular. He was just like all, all the stuff that anyone who's listened to the podcast, anyone that knows anything about the story, they will recognize everything he was talking about. So all this, the list of uh, the list of forgeries that they're going to rely on, um, it's just one after the other painting is such a damning picture. Mm. And I had a few thoughts on that one. Firstly, it was interesting that that was, I mean, they always do, but the mainstream media, which Calvin Ayer was saying, was saying last week, oh, no one's picked up on the mainstream media. How dare they? Well, they picked up on Monday and they ran with it, didn't they? Like the brazen lies and the fraud on an industrial scale. It was just like seeing yeah. some of those headlines was fantastic, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it certainly was because it's uh, like almost an, a break of a tradition uh, almost. We see now uh, not only in the headlines but also in the in the reporting itself in the content that they um, it looks like that they have more uh, paid more attention to what is going on in detail in uh, in the case and in the details. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, when at day one when they say that uh, Craig Wright is uh, forging on an industrial scale. That has been picked up quite a few times everywhere, yeah. uh, which is like wow. That there were times that the, the the mainstream media and even the 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 well, let's call it the crypto media, wouldn't even um, uh, mention such a thing. While we are mm -hmm. uh, you and I in the, in the podcast mm -hmm. and, and and my articles for even longer, we already. Uh, no, yeah, we did not mention industrial scale, but in fact, that is, that is of course, that's exactly what's going on. This guy is yeah. indeed forging uh, on an industrial scale. And that was mentioned on, on, on day one. And we see several uh, media picking exactly that line up. Wonderful, mm -hmm. wonderful. And I wonder as well, I think I tweeted this, that I wonder how many of his supporters for them, it was the first time they actually heard about all this because anyone that's behind the Coin Geek uh, curtain that doesn't, that they're not allowed to be exposed to this, let alone the evidence, like the charges, let alone the evidence. This must have been the first time a lot of them heard about this because they've just been thinking this case, this Copa's got nothing, they've got no evidence. And this guy speaks for like two and a half hours. And just and lays down exactly everything we've known about, but they've not been allowed to hear. Do you think no. there was a lot of them that were hearing this for the first time? Yeah, sort of. I mean, it has been, uh, of course, uh, known if you are following us and, and our uh, group of, uh, of debunkers. But yeah, of course, we are being ignored by uh, by the majority of uh, the BSV uh, fan club. And, mm -hmm. uh, and and the Greg Wright uh, apologists they <laughs> they don't like us so much of course not much not uh, much no no not so much <laughs> but um, nay so yeah for for them it is uh, sort of new and you can uh, see how they are trying to cope with this uh, this reality um, they are yeah they are falling back on on a new narrative that we have been uh, that we have seen growing uh, the last few weeks and months they are hiding behind the wonderful tech of bsv they say well even if craig wright is losing it doesn't matter much we don't depend on him uh, or he is doing it on purpose and he has a 5d chess game going on and so they are hiding behind yeah pretty weird narratives if you ask me 
And um, yeah, and, and, and that's the fact that it was for me, I mean, the forgeries are not a surprise for me. This is already mm. going on for so many years. But yeah. uh, the, 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 the narratives, the coping of, uh, of, of the, the, the Copa Cope, so to say, uh, is for me an, an interesting part of uh, to keep on following this, um, this trial. So we had the opening statements from from Copa, which were to the point, and they addressed the exact claims they've made in their in their particular particulars of claim. And then we weren't quite sure how Wright's uh, team, his barristers, were going to try and challenge this. Did you did you manage to catch the opening statements from from Wright's barrister, Lord Grabener, isn't it, Lord Grabener? Did you did you manage to catch his defence? Yeah, part of it. Yeah. So, what did you make of what you heard? Weak. Yeah. I cannot say otherwise. It's, it was pretty weak. I mean, if you, uh, I remember that he mentioned as the what I perceived, and I might be wrong, but what I perceived as the the major point that are hide that they are hiding behind is uh, uh, Matonis uh, uh, telling uh, the people uh, in in some it was in a, in a blog post also in, in 2016 same for Gavin, Andri- uh, Gavin Anderson mm. that they said uh, to the crowd that uh, he is uh, uh, Satoshi and I was like whoa is that all you got this is old news this is already yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's uh, it, it, and you're, you're, you're trying to build the whole case around things like this against all the recently found forgeries which are running in the hundreds now it's amazing we were uh, reaching 528 uh, the day before or or the first day Mm. I don't know how how that went but and he's trying with 24 new forgeries well what I suppose are going to be discovered to be (laughs) new forgeries again (laughs) Uh, so we will probably see uh, like 24 more forgeries uh, brought in uh, at the last minute and then he is coming with Matonis and Gavin Anderson having seen a signing session that nobody can verify and that he cannot mm. even show in, in court as an as an physical evidence of uh, of a Satoshiness I was like wow <laughs> is that all guy I know that, <laughs> that Baron, Baron uh, Grabener <laughs> that whole thing was so weird because the first thing he did I mean you know bear in mind we're all waiting to see how they're going to rebuff the, the evidence. The first thing he mm. did was lay down the points about the, the the special measures for Craig Wright's autism, which was a weird thing to be opening with. And by the way, none yeah. of the measures, when you think back to the measures that initially Craig Wright's expert wanted to put in to be informed of questions uh, he was going to be cross-examined with ahead of time, given extra time to answer these questions, all these measures they wanted putting in, he has had nothing. He's been absolutely fine. He's never become dis- uh, emotionally dysregulated. He has been a, like a textbook witness. So all these measures they wanted to put in, and they mentioned right at the start, were, were totally irrelevant. Um, so yeah. it was... It was weird to have that as their opening gambit. And then the second thing is he, he went into a rant about B, uh, BSV versus Bitcoin. Like that's straight out of the Craig Wright textbook. And it's funny because I remember saying, I think I mentioned it a few times, that does Craig Wright like shoothness because they just do what he says? Well, they did what he said there. They went straight for the what, why is BSV better than Bitcoin thing until he got cut yeah. off. Um, yeah. And then, like you say, the major defense initially was... The signing sessions and Craig Wright has pretty much disowned the signing sessions because he says that keys don't prove identity. 
And yet, the the whole thing he's saying, as you say, is like, oh yeah, he he signed these addresses, but he doesn't even stand by it. He's undermined his own barrister's argument within his first um, day on the witness stand, didn't he? Yeah, no, yeah. Not only that, uh, the, the, <laughs> it was become uh, it has become known during the climate case that at some point in 2016 but probably 2017 that was around the time that uh, Robert McGregor uh, left uh, what I sometimes call uh, the fraud squad hmm. uh, for oops liberal case coming my way probably <laughs> um, <laughs> no but seriously the uh, Craig Wright was offered and paid at one million I presume US dollars. Uh, I think in, it was Australian. In, 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 or probably Australian, but that, mm. okay, then it's just slightly less than in, uh, if I remember well, in, in US dollars. But uh, around it, uh, it was mentioned in, in that contract that he would get uh, $1 million for um, the coming out as Satoshi, uh, the, the, the life story rights uh, mm. for him, and then becoming known in public and accepted as uh, as, as, as uh, Craig Wright as, as uh, Satoshi. Mm -hmm. Now, but in 2017, he had to pay that money back to Calvin Air and his friends and partners and whatever, where that money came from. And that was known in the climate case. That means that even Calvin Air and his friends did not see the signing sessions as being successful. Mm -hmm. Well, and of course it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then they are using that as a major point of satoshiness in this case mm. sorry i'm seriously I'm, I'm not getting what 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 their strategy is is going to be to to have this guy being yeah announced and being ruled as, as satoshi and this is thing, really not enough the other thing i found weird is that they went on um from that they sort of went into detail he went into detail about the the dying days of that that attempt and they spent like 15 minutes on the suicide attempt. They were talking about suicide notes and hospital reports and blood being washed down the shower. I'm like, how on earth does this back up your claim? Why are you spending so long on the suicide? It was like CSI Surrey. It was so strange. So yeah, and my, it, yeah. it was a really um, strange way that they that they kind of planted their flag. And, and bear in mind that he's not going to, as far as I'm aware... Craig Wright's own team is not going to be able to speak to him on the witness stand. It's all cross-examination. So mm. then they're not going to have many chances to put their story across. And as you say, that's the best you can do. I mean, I for obvious reasons, as we have seen in the last few days, they were never going to go into detail about each of the forgeries because Craig Wright's got a fantastic excuse, excuse for each one. So... That's why they didn't go into those details, but they never even mentioned that was going to be the case. So, yeah, I, I found I found the opening statement from from Craig Wright's side a little bit odd that even that it didn't even address the charges that are being put to him. No, yeah, no, that I have the same uh, the same impression. I I found it quite quite yeah weak. That is mm. the only word that I can uh, that I can uh, put on it. Um, and so looking at the, I mean, we, we won't go through the days that he was on the stand individually because we haven't got time to go into that much detail. But the thing that I noticed on the first day is that um, there were a lot of people from Craig Wright's side who I assume are American or non-English. And they have no idea how a British 
case a british trial of this sort works they are used yeah. they are used to like we saw with the climbing case a jury that has no idea what to expect so you've got both sides giving them the evidence from from both sides so they they're putting the case and they're they're cross-examining 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 the difference in this case is that the judge like 50 percent of this case is already done the judge knows craig wright's defense he has already read yeah. it through like 11 witness statements and all the evidence and all the forensic reports so the judge yeah, has even, already even 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 more i think i think mm. they're already on right right number 14 i heard yeah so i mean I, I think number 11 or whatever it was 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 quite close to the trial so however many yeah, it is yeah yeah know, yeah because that was a that was a massive one of uh, i think 300, 300 pages, or something. pages i know so he's had like double digits of witness statements and everything else he knows craig wright's argument so that part is taken care of so what's happening now is purely the cross-examination side and so there's no you know that that whole first half has been skipped and the job of the barrister is not to um, try and press right on certain points and, and not to argue with him on certain points. His job is to walk Craig Wright through his witness statements and try and trip him up, to listen to how Craig Wright deals with the questions he's got over the issues that, that Coper have got with his witness statements. So they, they yeah. ask him the question, they try and get him to elucidate on certain things and try and trip him up by getting him to undermine his evidence, undermine his witness statements, um, change his mind on certain things. They're walking him through it and trying to set traps for him. So that's mm. why the barrister asks him questions, listens to the answer, and then goes on to the next one. And a lot of Craig Wright's team are like, oh my God, he's beaten him up. This is so savage. The guy just can't respond. He's not supposed <laughs> yeah. to respond. It's not his job to respond. He's not a technical expert. They're making notes. And, and where it seems to me Craig Wright will lose this trial is when Patrick Madden and Dr. Plax are on the stand because they're the ones who are going to be said, right, you put this in your report. Craig Wright made this argument. How do you respond to that? And that is when they're going to get, it's going to be like a double uh, negative for Craig Wright because he's going to have the forensic report going against him. And in many cases, he's going to have the, the forensic experts just totally ignoring or, or, or demeaning his, his response, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I will quickly go to, to my Twitter uh, because I just came across something that passed, I think, today, mm. but I missed that. And one of my followers, Spice, you might know her probably. Yes. Let's yeah. quickly go there. Okay, I, mm -hmm. I will read the tweet uh, just to give an impression of what is going on. Uh, again, this is a bit bit spice. Uh, follow her. She's well. She has wonderful tweets uh, every now and then. Um, Craig spouting techno bubble on why the forensics experts on both sides made mistakes, and then Mr. Justice Meller reacts. One of the advantages of having independent expert witnesses is if the court agrees they have given an objective, suitably supported opinion, the court can rely on their opinions. So I suggest you focus on their opinions, because at the moment, unless they are completely undermined, it's likely I'm going to rely on them. So instead of disputing the process by uh, which he reached these findings, I suggest you and then he means uh, Craig Wright, of course, you focus on the findings, okay? Hmm. Now, th th this is already sets the tone uh, for what uh, we can expect, uh, what the judge is uh, doing with these experts. Hmm. 
Well, that was an interesting one because that, yeah, that came, uh, yeah, today or yesterday. I think it was today. Um, because obviously, I mean, as, as people following this trial will know, the first thing Craig Wright did was dismiss the qualifications of Patrick Madden and Dr. Plax, just totally threw them under the bus and said they are not qualified to be looking mm-hmm. at this. And that was a pretty shocking moment. Um, and the, the thing is, he might disagree with them, but it will not it won't go well for him because his he is saying that these guys are these guys don't know what they're talking about but i do but his evidence his testimony is not going in as evidence he can rebut all these things as much as he wants but his home tests of all these different platforms i've done it on my phone that is totally irrelevant the only thing that's relevant is what is 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 written in those forensic reports that as you say the judge is going to be looking at and regardless mm-hmm. of the merits of what he has to say. The judge will not look kindly um, on the fact that he is not even willing to listen to expert testimony that is that goes against him. Um, and um, he won't look kindly on the fact that Craig Wright has waited until the day of the trial to raise the issue that he doesn't like the experts that have done these reports. Um, it, it, it's just, it really is a bad look for him. And the reason he made that comment today was because for the first two days, Craig Wright was just saying these guys are inexperienced, unqualified. And then today, I think again it was today, he called Patrick Madden biased and went to a massive rant about how biased Patrick Madden was. Um, and mm. so that's why I think the judge today, no, sorry, that's why Craig Wright today changed his argument a bit. He said these aren't findings these are opinions because the expert reports don't include the methodology i'm a scientist when you do when you produce reports like this you must mention your methodology so other people can replicate it and i mean i i don't know what english law is but i would assume that because the judge has not once said to these two experts oh by the way where's your methodology you do not need to put methodology into forensic reports in the uk no i I don't think so either the judge has approved these two experts they've given their reports and craig wright says they're not doing it the right way um and that's why he's changed he says they're not findings they're opinions and so that's why the judge today said no i'm sorry you might think that but this is my this is my court and this is what i'm this is what i'm taking on i'm taking at face value yeah no, but that's true and and, and talking about uh, a scientific method methodology if that is really an issue, they will explain that uh, if I remember well, that was also a point of attention in, in the Hoddelnot case in, in Oslo, Norway, uh, one now one and a half years ago, 2022, mm-hmm. around September that was. Um, that that was the same thing. If you it, it it does not need to be mentioned in the report, but it will be discussed during uh, uh, the 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 days that the uh, experts are uh, going to uh, yeah discuss uh, these things uh, more in depth. Uh, but it will be later during uh, during this trial. So at this moment we cannot say much uh, about it. But I do expect that it will be a mm-hmm. point of attention um, during those days. Yeah. Um, so. The, the the big thing that most people have picked up on is something that anyone that's followed Craig Wright in his legal uh, shenanigans will know by be well used to by now is the way that he answers questions and we've just seen more of the same haven't we like he'll be asked a a relatively simple question and the answer he'll give 
is so rambling and so abstruse and so around the houses that you 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 lose track of what he's even saying mm. and i don't even know how the barristers can keep track of what he's saying it, it's just it's so rambling and so convoluted mm. um i i can't think that the judge is going to be uh, i i can't think it's going to be impressing the judge because surely it, it, if you I mean, it's, it's not it's not a couple of times. This is the thing. It's not like there's a couple of instances. Let's say like there's something with a computer program, like a, 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 a clock stamp, a timestamp has been changed or something. There may be a few instances where you can legitimately go and say, oh, yeah, server things and this and that and the program did this. But it's every single answer. He, the guy asks a simple question and you just know you're going to get a great big long rambling answer where a very specific set of circumstances have to, has to have happened to create the thing that he says has been created when the alternative is that he faked it. And it's not once or twice, it's every single time. Mm. So the judge is going to be left with this idea that to believe Craig Wright, he has to believe all these amazing um, Goldilocks kind of uh, formation of things happened to create this one event and not that he faked it. And I, I just can't think the judge, the judge must be getting pretty fed up with that after a short while, surely. Yeah, that uh, that is what uh, what I expect uh, to happen also. And, and then you can also add something else that I'm noticing uh, for uh, the last two days already, and especially today, uh, because I kept an eye on it uh, while watching uh, the video. Uh, when uh, Craig is, um, feeling the pressure of the questions and he is and he knows that he is on on an yeah on on, on a track that he is being uh, trapped into one of his uh, lies and, and that he cannot really explain very well and, and forgery then he turns his head and he is going addressing uh, his answers not to the lawyer of copa anymore but to yes. uh, to uh, to mr meller uh, justice meller i have to say yep. of course and yeah. he does that all the time. I mean, I see that happen yeah. a few handfuls of times during the whole day. And that is, yeah, indecent, uh, but also telling how, yeah, sort of stressed in his way uh, he is uh, under mm. the pressure of, uh, of, the, of the questioning. And yeah, you, you already noted it a bit earlier. Of course, the other side of the story is is that uh, the, the lawyer who is asking the question is all the time uh, looking down to his notes, uh, trying to pick up what... Uh, it's more concentration, I think, uh, trying to pick up from the ramblings of, uh, of uh, Craig Wright what he, is, uh, what he needs to hear. Uh, and what you also see then is that he is... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes just walking away like, okay, I will let you ramble on for a few more <laughs> sentences and then I come back to the microphone. <laughs> and, um, uh, and and also very often I also see that uh, now yeah, more, more than a handful, probably two, three handfuls of times I see that during the whole day that he inter interrupts uh, Craig Wright, uh, that he uh, wants to move on and otherwise uh, they're losing uh, too much time on, uh, on, on, on yeah, irrelevant uh, details that were not asked. Well, that started on the second day because on the first day, I don't think he was quite prepared for how much Craig Wright would rant and ramble. And that's why from the second day, it was very much like, nope, you, you, you've answered the question, we'll move on. Mm. And he he got a clear idea of what, of what he was dealing with on that second day. Mm. 
there's a few things, like you said, there's a few moments where he, he'll ask a question and sort of wander off or he'll take his glasses off and look just perplexed. But then also... All the time when he's taking off his glasses and putting them back on. I mean, oh man, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying that so much. But there's also, I think, I get the feeling this is a tactic that the barristers use because I wondered... When I first started watching, I was like, why is he always looking... Like, Craig writes off to his his left. Why is he looking to the front the whole time? And the reason why is because he's trying to meet the judge's eye. He's trying to... He keeps clocking the judge, especially if you notice when Craig Wright is answering these really strange answers he's giving, talking himself around the houses, he'll look at the judge and he'll just look baffled. And I think it's a way for the barristers to try and get the judge like to be like, are you hearing what I'm hearing? And I yeah. think it's a little tactic that they use to do that, and and it, it could be quite it could be quite useful. But the last thing I say on on him is that he, I am quite impressed with how he can listen to what Craig Wright is saying, and and as you say, the the, the verbal manure that's being flung his way, he can pick out the nuggets of the, of gold that he needs. And he can then be like, oh, no, that doesn't, that doesn't sound quite right. And then he'll know how to reason against it. But he'll also have a reference really quickly, have a reference. He'll flick back a few pages, sometimes through half the book, and find a reference to catch him out. And I think, obviously, these guys are trained in that. Um, but it's yeah. still quite impressive, isn't it? That you can listen to someone like Craig Wright, who is used to just talking and talking and talking and not having somebody interrupt him. And yeah. he, can, he can find immediate issues, issues with what he's saying. Yeah, you have to respect what uh, what these uh, lawyers of COPA have to deal with because it's not just 10 forgeries, it's hundreds of forgeries between thousands mm. of documents. The, mm. the, 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 the Madden reports uh, altogether, excluding uh, the last one that we are still waiting for, uh, for, the, for the most recent, uh, for, well, I consider them forgeries beforehand, but of course we don't know yet. Uh, but th- there will be another report. I think we are now on four or five uh, matter reports and they are already, uh, I read somewhere in one of the filings that it is already above 1500 pages. So these people, these people have to find their way in technical stuff into uh, so many pages, they have to find the connections, the, the, the greater story behind it, but still keep con- in contact with, uh, with the details uh, of it. And then indeed a rambling nutcase uh, uh, on the opposite who is very arrogant <laughs> and with uh, every sentence that he speaks, he will always try to make you feel sort of miserable and... and a, a, a low life because you are not worthy of talking to me. That is the the, mm. the, the, the way of uh, how arrogant uh, uh, Craig Wright is talking. So I can understand that if you are not uh, mature enough, not not having a, a sort of yeah shield against that type of talking, uh, then you can easily get uh, irritated and even. Uh, worse <laughs> get angry but you <laughs> should not do that of course in uh, in a courtroom and especially not when you represent uh, the opposite uh, party then you have to stay calm so i have a lot of respect for uh, for those copa people um, and especially this king's council uh, mr 
Hof. Hof, sorry, ja, hoorde, sorry. Um, ja, de, 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 heads off voor uh, this, this guy, voor his uh, dossier uh, knowledge en uh, his... Uh, but still, still, you can see him indeed sometimes being baffled, surprised, flabbergasted. Mm. My God, what a nonsense do I have to uh, <laughs> keep up uh, <laughs> with uh, here. But on the other hand, he is uh, very focused and uh, at times he will just say, yeah, we're going to disagree here. We are, uh, uh, it's our opinion that uh, you have been forging and uh, doing nasty things, etc. Mm. He will uh, keep pushing back all the time. Um, and he is uh, exactly doing what is expected of him. Yeah. You said it uh, from the from the start already. It is not his role to uh, counter all the points that um, that Craig is making. I mean, let's mm-hmm. take let's take already an, an example. That was uh, yep. yes, I think it was uh, yesterday when it came up, and that's that's a major thing now. It is memed <laughs> like crazy. Uh, the Citrix <laughs> environment. Oh, Craig, Craig, Craig. oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh this is C- Citrix. Oh Citrix has become the un- the unintended <laughs> hero of this somehow. I I, I was like, wow, unbelievable. I mean, I'm an IT guy, so I, of course I, I. By the way, I never worked with Citrix itself, so of course there might be <laughs> in the nitty gritty of Citrix a few things that, but. He is accusing a Citrix environment. May, um, yeah, I call it mainframe in, in on, on Twitter once, and uh, I was corrected. It's called actually MetaFrame, but well, whatever. It's it's a Citrix environment that he has been using, and uh, he is uh, accusing the Citrix environment of doing things that is, yeah, man. If you copy and paste documents and files on a Citrix environment. It uh, can happen that um, files or pieces of files and text uh, content of files merge with each other. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, Citrix is used by uh, the top 500 uh, in on, on, the, on the NASDAQ, uh, for example, mm-hmm. or on Wall Street. I mean, wow, you think, you seriously think that they are using uh, metaframes of Citrix uh, doing this type of stuff, I don't Risking think so. That. Nee, that, that, of course not, of course not. I mean, there might be a bug in, in some software that you're using on Citrix, but Citrix itself will never allow those type of things to happen. I mean, it's an operating system that is, of course, uh, secure enough for, uh, like I said, for many, many enterprises in the top 500. So hmm. no, that is not going to happen. And on the other hand, what I and, and I discussed it uh, late yesterday or early this morning, I don't remember the time flies, um, with somebody who said, yeah, but it can happen. There are known issues on Citrix that copy and pasting with uh, files on Citrix, then uh, pieces of those files can merge. I was like, yeah, but we are talking about an environment here where it happens hundreds of times that... Mm-hmm. Uh, pieces, for example, I took the example of uh, the Bitcoin white paper that specific pieces of text end up 
in uh, other documents like uh, the LLM and uh, proposal and thesis and, 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 and blacknet uh, papers, etc., to make it look like that it has a connection with the Bitcoin white paper because the same type of text is being found and it is even appropriately reworded to make it fit in that other document that is uh, mm. uh, 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 yeah, being backdated with, uh, with uh, Bitcoin white paper quotes. Uh, so that is not a random issue with files being merged during a corrupt copy and paste thing that is deliberately and systematically creating forgeries. That is, there is mm. no other conclusion possible. So Craig Wright blaming Citrix. I was like, wow, my jaw dropped on the floor. Yeah, and many, many people picked it up uh, actually because it they was in, in no time. It was an, an, <laughs> an, I was like, oh, am I the only one? But immediately, well, no. within hours, I noticed that the other people also uh, hodl notes picked yeah. it up. And then, yeah, many others picked it up. And, uh, and then the memes started flying and I collected several of them. I think seven or eight different images, cartoons and stuff. And uh, one I found hilarious. That is a an, uh, an, an rather famous um, meme of, uh, it's the, 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 term, the robot uh, from Terminator with a little girl uh, uh, hiding under a desk. I'm not sure if you know that meme. And mm-hmm. you can put a text on the little girl and you can put a text on, uh, on the robot uh, with, a, I think, with a machine gun or something with at least some, uh, some rifle type of thing in the hands. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, uh, chasing uh, the, yeah, the girl who is hiding under the desk. And, <laughs> and they put the text Citrix on the, on the Terminator robot and they put the text Copa on the little girl under the desk. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. As if what? Citrix, as if Citrix is killing the Copa case. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> well, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised, but this whole idea of him knowing better than anyone, it's been such a feature of these first few days. Uh, I, I think, again, anyone that knew has experience of him will will know it's going to be the, well, that was going to be the case but there was the citrix one there was i mean the the one i loved was the the notepad the bdo notepad mm. he apparently knows more about the history of that company than the person who is in control of that product at that company at that time i yeah. you could tell the barrister was totally baffled he was like was like, he, he i don't think he could quite believe what craig wright was saying he got mm. him to repeat it three or four times I just the the absolute brass neck you can have to to claim that you know more about a company than the company's employees and especially the employees looking after that specific division or that specific product. Yeah. I mean, the the issue he's got is that he has to um, argue every single forgery and and like you said, let's say we're up to fifteen thousand pages. I think you said with these with these uh, forgeries, he cannot allow one to be, to, he can't let one go. They all have to be counted. And so you come up with these crazy, crazy excuses that just test the boundaries of credulity and logic. Um, and the more, that the deeper you go, the more of this tangled web that he is weaving. And it's, there's just been so many instances like that where he just, he, he, he claims to know more, not just more than IT experts, but like I said, more than these Chinese factory company owners and more than this person, more than that person. 
his knowledge is so vast and so huge that he's just he's like a walking encyclopedia and he knows more than the specialists no matter what their discipline yeah and again no rational judge is going to look at that and go yeah i i agree with the guy here not the person that ran the company and the bsv fans they keep on cheering and oh, oh they he love is, it he is he is yeah they love it but he's crushing it <laughs> And I'm and and we and, and people who are looking at it with a, a normal brain, so to say, <laughs> they immediately, yeah, you 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 make claims, but you have no evidence. The evidence would uh, be that you have another person from another company that was a predecessor of uh, of this Chinese uh, factory, because that I think that was it had to do with uh, other a few other companies that merged and. They were older than uh, than this uh, Chinese uh, company creating it, and then uh, that other company also had. Uh, that is what he was suggesting. Mm. If he really believed what he was saying, he's lying because he just made it up uh, either on mm -hmm. the spot or he has been thinking about it uh, uh, before the trial that he could use it as an excuse. Mm -hmm. It is unverifiable, and he should mm -hmm. have the same type of evidence that was provided to uh, to the Bird and Bird lawyers or to Madden, uh, uh, whoever asked uh, for it, that indeed the, the template was, uh, I think, dated 2011, and it was uh, f first going into production in 2012. That is the mm -hmm. story from, uh, from the Chinese factory. Now, it, again, if you have really a case to bring such an uh, to debunk such a claim of uh, your opponent 2012 then you have to come up with a template with a manager who is claiming from another company yeah yeah sure sure we already used this in uh, 2007 because that is mm. <laughs> the date on <laughs> yeah. the, 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 on, on the on the minutes uh, that uh, five years uh, Craig, uh, out created um uh, yeah but then you have a case now you only have a fairy tale that is unverifiable that has uh, no support from um uh, uh, physical evidence and then we will go see happening what is uh, also happening in what happened in um, norway that uh, the, the, the evidence will be not considered as as uh, no, yeah, appropriate uh, to 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 support uh, the case that he is uh, Satoshi. Now, and, and I one, mean, one, sorry. Now, one, one, allow, allow me one more thing. That, mm. that was, somebody notified me on Twitter also about it on that, uh, because the, there is a, a brand name or label, a label called Quill, and behind that, uh, that is uh, the, 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 well, let's call it the, the brand of that uh, notepad uh, where you uh, rip off those papers and you can make notes on them. Then that uh, uh, it says down on the right, it says Quill. Well, that's the brand. But behind it is an order number. So if you want to order a spe specifically that uh, paper, uh, that notepad with uh, that type of paper, that is how you order it at your dealer. And uh, he will uh, get it from uh, from the Chinese factory and uh, and deliver it to you. That order number did not exist before 2012 because that was the first year that it was that it could be ordered from um, from the market from from the mm. uh, I don't know how you call that in English but um, station stationary I think it's called yeah yeah stationary stationary dealer um, mm. and. So it, it is so perfectly clear 
that not only from the template, the pressing templates from uh, from the Chinese factory, but also from the order number, that it was not available before 2012. So Craig can say whatever he wants, and he can jump high and he can jump low, but the judge will understand, because this is a really clever judge, I already uh, noticed that uh, several times, this mm -hmm. guy is not not easily uh, convinced of uh, of, of cra the crazy stories of uh, of Craig Wright. I'm pretty sure about that. And this has well, this bleeds into the whole Ira Kleiman conspiracy thing because again, we've known about the Ira Kleiman conspiracy for a while, mm -hmm. um, but the the magnitude of this, like it, it really took off today. Every single chance he got. He was like Ira Kleiman. It was like Ira Kleiman did this. Ira Kleiman did that. He even today accused Ira Kleiman of sending documents to the ATO um, through his companies. He he accused Ira Kleiman and his co-conspirators of filing um, um, documents with the ATO on the company's behalf without him knowing. It's mm. an utterly ludicrous claim, and yet. He thinks that that's his. That's the only thing he can possibly say. He's got to stick to this Ira Kleiman narrative. So he has to then insert Ira Kleiman into everything, including filing things from his own companies. Mm. And again, there is no evidence of this. And the, the guy, um, Mr. Huff, has has um, has, uh, has has pushed him on this a couple of times. He said, but there is no, you have admitted no evidence into these proceedings to back up these claims, have you, Dr. Wright? And he's like, I've mentioned it many times, but you haven't backed it up with any evidence, have you, Dr. Wright? And he can't say no. He has an, an inability to say yes or no uh, mm. when it's the perfectly obvious answer because he knows it will weaken his, he weaken his claim. Mm. He reminds me of a politician on Newsnight when they just badgered again and again to say yes or no and he can't say it. And and the, the judge is just not going to believe these stories because you can't make these grandiose claims of a mass conspiracy, of mass hacking, and name individuals and not have a shred of evidence against them. And you, you can't right. even say, because he's not even gone to the police and said Ira Kleiman did this. It's all in his head. Mm. And he spouts it as fact. And I think he maybe even believes it himself at this point. I just don't know. His followers certainly do. Mm. And so... But like you say, the judge, without any evidence, the judge is just not going to believe this. And the more he talks about it, the more he brings in these excuses that are not backed with evidence, the worse it's going to be for him. And he, But he just doesn't seem to understand the difficulty, the difficult position he's putting himself in, does it? He, he seems to think that these stories um, are... I mean, I, I don't know. He either assumes these stories are going to be enough for him to win the case, or he's so desperate he just has to throw something out there because he can't admit he's wrong. Yeah, why not both? <laughs> it, mm. it, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, if we are now looking at... Um, McCormack, Hodlnot, we've seen uh, Kleiman, we've seen now Copa uh, processing. It, this is a guy that uh, I, I start, uh, for a while ago, I started to believe that he is indeed believing his own story. So he is now fully in the skin of, uh, of uh, being Satoshi, but yeah. Um, I don't know the English word for it. Did you? 
you fool you fool yourself in believing something that is not true mm-hmm. and, and then it mm-hmm. becomes true for yourself anyway and uh, then you can uh, because it uh, sounds convincing you can convince uh, your environment or at least uh, several people in your environment he is uh, what is called a, a, yeah, it, it, it's nothing more than a con man and con means confident so he can bring it uh, with a lot of confidence and that is uh, uh, yeah convincing for a little group of people but luckily the people with the brain and uh, especially so far no judge I, which judge has ever bought okay he won and uh, and um well one one he got a default judgment out of the cobra bitcoin uh, case uh, one or two years ago but for the rest he lost all his cases and all the rulings are against him starting in uh, with the ryan case uh, 20 years ago and uh, all the way up till now he has uh, not really won any case the liberal cases he lost the the the, the climate case he lost and um yeah nobody is really buying his stories and what we see back in those rulings is what we also see uh, as a narrative in uh, m- m- most well all of his uh, d- debunkers on uh, well we circulate on reddit and twitter twitter mostly mm-hmm. a little bit on reddit i'm uh, active you too i uh, i know but um yeah nobody is buying it and also not in the courts well, what I mentioned today on in one of the, the groups I'm in is that um, it's interesting because he is quite good at, at mixing the fact with the fiction. So he can take a story that exists. Mm-hmm. So, for example, saying about how his companies went into liquidation and they locked out of the building and this sort of thing. That The level of detail in that, what, that rang true uh, to what he was saying. But what he then does, he then... Uh, meshes into that a lie so he Mm. blends 25% of lies in with 75% of truth so it makes the whole thing sound feasible and that's where the evidence is really important because that's how he tricks people he he, he's really good at at telling a story that actually happened and you think oh really Mm. and then you just a couple of little seeding of a few few lies in there to to back up his case and you don't question it and that's where the evidence is really important and you can see Mm. that coming through and that's how he's managed to fool so many people of so of a wide variety of standing into believing what he says because he has the ability to do that um that I also liked today how uh, there was a lot of talk of the the lawyers that he's gone through in the various cases, and there was a moment when he was talking about um, Vigborg Rhein in Norway, and he said he was really proud because he said, um, sorry, I, I rephrase that, he sounded very proud when he said that he ditched them because they didn't follow his. Uh, his plan. He wanted to make it a case about proving he was Satoshi, but Vigborg Ryan said, no, we're going to make it a case about the de- de- defamation, freedom of speech. And he ditched them because they wouldn't do what he said. So the other, the next lawyers did do what he said and he lost. So mm, <laughs> it's just mm, like, mm. you should not be boasting about that. You really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, there's a quote from a guy who called J. Nicholas Ross, who out of nowhere, I think, uh, on Twitter, 
he's come out of nowhere and he seems to have really picked up on this case and he's come he's looked at it from a, a totally impartial point of view as a, a legal uh, with some legal experience i, th- I believe he yeah, has. yeah 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 and he's, he's into my my uh, topics also uh, quite uh, quite a few times yeah Good yeah, so, so he, he knows what he's talking about and he's baffled by the whole thing. He's mm. been giving some good perspective and, and there's a quote he put out today which it, which I've, I want to read because it sums up how I felt about Craig Wright's approach. He says, What's telling about Dr. Wright's testimony is that it is both unbelievable and he's undercut any potential providence of his reliance documents by confirming he has no clue when they were actually created. He's unable to establish verifiable dates of the versions of these documents um, what's more amusing is his suggestions that, as an IT specialist, he was ignorant of basic versioning rules where new instantations of a document are given their own unique files and metadata preserve their authenticity. So and I, I think that first bit is interesting because he is totally undermining his own evidence. And again, he's bringing in this suggestion, which again taps into the thing you mentioned on, on, on about Citrix, that software updates and therefore updates to creation date or metadata of files and this is, and he's including accounting software in there and this was like i was like well i'm not an it expert so maybe i've misheard it but he genuinely is trying to claim isn't he that files update as a system or software updates yeah sort of and he also never heard of uh, putting files uh, as read only files for example to uh, to protect them uh, from uh, from from editing so mm. yeah he undermines he, and, and and this is also something that that i really do not understand that no bsv fan is grasping this in any way in any kind mm. that Basically, not only Copa has now, um, now yeah, let's say, debunked uh, his whole series of, of, of files. I mean, the norm, the norm in the case is that you will deliver a pristine, genuine, untampered file that is proving from the year 2006, 7, 8, 9, whatever, but from the early days of Bitcoin that uh, undoubtedly uh, uh, has not been tampered with and that is proving that you knew about bitcoin in that era and when you admit based on the evidence that you admit that staff people laptops from your uh, employees whatever it came from everywhere software updates citrix copy paste uh, issues whatever he has all kinds of lame excuses hacks uh, (laughs) several hacks there is no genuine evidence left. Mm. Yeah. None. None. And he admits it. So he is not only and somehow the, the BSV fans think, oh, he is winning the case because he is giving answers to yeah. uh, and he gives explanations on why things are not as they look like. And he somehow they don't grasp that he is admitting that the file is indeed not as pristine, not as genuine, not as untampered as he was hoping and presenting them in the first place. What what I noticed from the questioning, uh, in, in, in the, because we now uh, we have seen uh, three days of uh, yeah, basically the same, but it, uh, there are several uh, topics, of course, that they discuss, but it are all the time uh, the forgeries and, and how they came to be. 
And uh, the, the critics all the time, uh, at least numerous times that I hear from uh, from Copa's side, is that um, in the, uh, the, 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 the uh, what do you call that? The trail, evidence trail? Nee? Custo- oh, the trail, trail of chain custody. of custody. Chain of custody, yeah, that's it. Um, that now, during the, uh, the questioning, it turns out that Craig has not been, well, let's say, incomplete but the judge will uh, will uh, look at it as being dishonest about the the full uh, custody trail of those mm. files because now he comes up with stories that not only um, uh, uh, he had uh, access to uh, to those files also uh, many of his uh, staff and at some point he started mentioning like 300 people have been uh, looking hmm. or maybe tampering on that uh, on that file i was like oh my god oh my god so you have been, you have been lying in your witness statements and my god and you just admit it and, and there was also at some point oh my god my jaw dropped on the floor again he admitted that he edited metadata of some file for for specifically i don't remember the specific reason i was like oh, oh that was god i think that was the one when he said he was doing for the students he he changed the metadata to show students how to change metadata using the bitcoin white paper because he trusted the the students not to say he was satoshi <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was also one anecdote. Yeah, I remember that one also. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. What you said actually that brings me onto something that I almost almost forgot. Um he when he was questioned as to why he didn't flag documents he knew were forgeries, his best answer was that he thought that he thought that the fact the chain of custody said that the laptops came from third parties and that his previous comments in other lawsuits would be enough for people to put together and realize that this specific document must be forged. What utter, utter rubbish. This is the biggest case of your life. You are in charge of your evidence. And he he seems to wash his hands of his ability to be in charge of his own evidence. But you've got Mm. at least a massive say in your own evidence. If you've got documents that you that you say are forged and for whatever reason you are forced to put them into litigation you make damn sure that your lawyers know that you think this is a forgery and it shouldn't be relied upon you don't wait Mm. until it's gone through your solicitors been signed off by you and your solicitors gone to experts to be forensically examined come back as a fake and then say i knew it was a fake but i just didn't tell you utter utter rubbish yeah, yeah, but this is going to bite him in the ass. I mean, and again, that is why I really cannot grasp how the BSV fans think that Craig Wright is winning because the lawyer who is asking the question is looking down on his screen or on his paper all the time. And it looks like that he is uh, humbled by Craig yes, Wright's answers. Yes, he does. Seriously, he isn't. <laughs> he I isn't. Know. I know he's he's given Craig Wright enough rope to hang himself, and and this is one other thing that makes me laugh. We're, we're coming up to an hour, so we'll, we'll we'll finish in a second. But one thing that makes me laugh is these are the guys that bang on about five D chess and Craig being a master strategist, and they just cannot see what's happening. It, it's it's mm. it's such an irony that, that of all the people, they are the ones that cannot see what's going on here, and. I mean, I don't even know if they're going to realise when it comes to the forensic examiners because there's going to be no massive 
there's no smoking gun as such. There's no big fireworks, no no massive kind of presentations or whatever. The um, the forensic analysts they're going to be ta- they're going to be taken through what Craig Wright has said one by one by one. They're going to say nope, he's wrong. Nope, he's wrong. Nope, he's wrong. It won't be dramatic, but it'll be it will be steady. The the weight of evidence is going to be what kills him here. And like you said earlier. He cannot, all he's got to do is produce one document, one genuine document to at least put a crack in Coper's case. But whether um, he is right on some things or not in terms of why something has been tampered with, that almost doesn't matter because you, you when you've got hundreds and hundreds of documents that have all been tampered with and you can't even produce one genuine one, it should be so mm. easy to do, like you say, but there is not one document he has produced that doesn't have something wrong with it, that yeah. that he has said is genuine. And they've come back and said, no, it's not genuine. And he then has to find a reason why it's been faked. So that yeah. sheer volume, that's going to count for a lot, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and talking about that sheer volume, what you also see then is that he needs uh, uh, excuses the one is even more lame than the other. He is throwing so many people and organizations and, and lawyers and whatever under the bus oh, it's incredible. to get his story across. I mean, I remember uh, Simon Cohen. I, I remember uh, Win-Win. I remember Jamie Wilson. I remember Greg Maxwell. I mean, yeah, what people are isn't he throwing under the bus for being involved in uh, tampering with his evidence? Yeah, this is the other thing. To believe his story, you have to believe that all these people and all these organisations, because, yeah, you've got those individuals, you've got the individuals that wanted to bring him down at at, um, his his various companies in the past. So, yeah, Jamie Wilson, Greg Maxwell, Ira Kleiman. I mean, Ira Kleiman's driving the bus, but at this point, he's in full charge of this this bus. (laughs) But you've you've then got, yeah, you've got Simon Cohen specifically from Ontier, but Ontier in general, multiple times they messed up. Alex Partners, yeah. Travis Smith, even Shoesmiths are getting it in the neck for, for, for dealing with his evidence. Um, you've got um, Patrick Madden, who's biased, and his own forensics expert, who's no good. Like, Judge Miller has to believe that all these things that Craig Wright says are wrong with his documents, he's right about all those. All these things that are these sort of um, the non-forensic issues that Craig Wright is right about all those as well. And he then has to believe that all these other people in various ways have either messed up or conspired against him to leave him in the position that he is in. The odds of all those things happening compared to him doing it are just minuscule. Yeah. (laughs) Amen to that. Well, we're coming over an hour now, and the idea is to try and get this out on Thursday night so people can try and listen to this Thursday night into Friday morning before before Friday happens, but it may be the weekend before many of you catch this. So we will try and do our best to do something like this again uh, in the middle of next week to cover the next three days of his testimony. Mm. But um, yeah, Arthur, thank you for, for speaking to me tonight. I know it's been a bit, of a, a bit of a hectic time for you especially, so thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem, no problem. I'll see you next week, uh, Mark. Yeah, I'll speak to you next week for our part two of Craig Wright's uh, testimony. Yep. See you then. See you, cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. Bitcoin, the man who wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice to get these episodes the moment they drop. And if you enjoyed what you heard, we'd really appreciate a star rating and even a review to help us get this out to as many people as possible. 
Our monthly bonus episodes are available to download from our website for a small consideration. And if you'd like to access all these bonus episodes, plus these monthly updates a few days early and other goodies, you can do so by becoming a Dr. Bitcoin supporter. See the details in the show notes for information on how to do this, or head to our website, drbitcoinpod.com. That's drbitcoinpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at DrBitcoinPod, and you can email us at DrBitcoinPod at gmail.com. That's DrBitcoinPod at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon. You've been listening to Dr. Bitcoin, the man who wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto. Written by Mark Hunter, with additional material by Arthur Van Pelt. Editing and production by Mark Hunter. This has been a Contented Media Production.